Hello and welcome back to the Sideline Eye podcast. Um, this is our dedicated intermediate podcast today and we're looking forward to the semi-finals that take place this weekend. Um, we're once again, again joined by Peter Nugent and I suppose we'll go through the two games. It's St Paul's and Tully Sarn meeting on Saturday night at 7pm in the Athletic Grounds and on Sunday it's Clannagail and Katie also in the Athletic Grounds at 6pm and both these games will be in Armagh TV. So, Peter, as we usually do, we'll just start with the first one that's coming up. Um, that's St Paul's and Tully Sarn. Two teams, it's fair to say, maybe not expected to be at this um, at this end of the competition, but then you've seen Tully Sarn went in against underdogs, against um, Sarsfields, and they have every right to be at this end of the competition when you've seen them that day. But the last time we were talking, based on the quarterfinals, St Paul's, they were involved in the game of the week against Kai Kruppen and Tully Sarn gave the performance of the week against Sarsfield. So these are two teams that will be going in, they'll be full of confidence and they'll be looking forward to a crack at each other to try to get into that finals place. Yeah, Sean, I think, you know, just these now, when you're coming into the semi-final in a 16-team composition, you've obviously got some good groundwork in, you know, to get there at this stage and... Like any team there, even in there, will be will be on a bit of a high. They'll have momentum gained over the course of the last few weeks, um, especially I'd say in the case of St Paul's, did a good win against Portadown. They won the first game, sort of pulling up a wee bit near the end. Obviously, they were really pushed it down their collar um, a few weeks ago. Then in their quarterfinal game against uh, a really resurgent uh, Crockley. They're, they're obviously learning, learning wee bits about themselves. They'll have, they'll have taken a lot from the last game. They'll have taken a lot from you know the different scenarios they find themselves in at times in the game, and that they were weren't always leading. In fact, they probably spent the majority of the game in a, in a position where they were behind. So, like that, that would have done them no harm. And you know, I think that they probably admit that they that they didn't really play overly well for sustained for sustained periods in the game, but. Crucially, in the second half, they were able to hit the net. Um, they hit the net three times in the second half, and you know that that was ultimately the difference in in being dumped out and staying in the competition. So they've they've still got areas to work on for sure, but to be well pleased that they have this game to look forward to this weekend. And I think probably rightfully they were going in as underdogs, which will suit them as well. You know, I don't think anybody that witnessed police arts performance the last day um, could be anything other than um, thoroughly impressed. It probably will get a better indication at the weekend as to whether Tully Sarn were really, really exceptional or Sarsfields were, were really poor or maybe it was somewhere a wee bit in between. Um, but whatever way you got to look at it, when you score two, two 17, two 18, whatever it was, um, and they kept the back door pretty well bolted. Then, then you know, that's that's I think we called it the most complete performance of the championship today. So look, they're coming in the on a on, on a real high. And I suppose St Paul's Peter, when you look at their championship record, they beat Turner Oog, who are bottom of Division Two A, um, five games played, five losses. Then they beat Kia Kruppen, who although have been in great form this year, they were still a division below St Paul's. While Tully Sarn, they've come up against um, Portmore, who are a division below, but they're huge rivals and come through that with a point to spare. And then they beat Sarsfields, who are top of the league. Um, impressively, the, the hammer Sarsfields. It's it's difficult to know who has the better run into the championship. You know, um, St Paul's, 
they had a big game against um, Kerr Krupp on the last day out and just about got through it with an easy enough win against Tiernog. Um, Tully Sarn, they had a big win over Sarsfields and a difficult win over Portmore. So they're sort of coming in even enough farm-wise and you know how they got here-wise. Um, there's nobody really has been outstanding bar that Tully Sarn performance against Sarsfields. They've both sort of had the same lead-up to the semi-final stages. obviously a huge talking point going into this game Peter is you know they were so dominant against Sarsfields and their class Sarsfields all over the field and I don't think it's fair to say they were a surprise package but we certainly didn't expect that coming you know before the game we expected Tully Sarn to certainly put it up to them going on league form and going on the quality that they have in their team but we didn't see that coming uh, a 217 to 1-9 victory um is is that their biggest fear this weekend that they've maybe peaked too soon? That that I don't want to call it a surprise element, but that big performance is maybe gone. I think Sean, the two week break will have been good for them in that you know it allows you a few extra days maybe to to sort of come down off that that sort of high that they would probably have experienced after beating the Sorceries. And um, had they been out straight away the next week, it's probably a bit of a rush to get yourself down, to get reset, to get prepared, to get back up for the next game. Now in two weeks. So I would say they were able to ease back out of that game, clear up any knocks, um, and then 
slowly lift their intensity and their focus again for this weekend. So I think that I think that two week break will definitely have done them no harm. They have a lot of good indicators to go on from the performance against Starsfields. There'll be a lot of things they'll look at that they'll want to try and um, match again in terms of um, analysis and, 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 and all of the targets that they hit in the game. Whether it's obtainable or not um, is another thing. Um, I'm sure if you offered, offered it to their camp now at one point, Scrabby win, I'm sure they would probably take it just as much as it would take a you know, a, a 10 point counter. So, um, I, I, I would say looking at the looking at the nature of the contest and you know their opponent and, and where their opponent's coming from now with a wee bit of momentum behind them, uh, I think it'll certainly be a, a, a wee bit more of a keenly contested competition this time. And obviously, if St Pauls are going to have a chance and get through this, Peter, and we talk about him every time we talk about St Pauls, it's Andrew Mernon at full forward. He scored, I think he scored three points the last day out, but he set up the two goals that ultimately won the game, the two Ryan Lawless goals. How do you see Tully Sarn dealing with him? Obviously, they dealt with the two McGeown brothers, um, Aidan Connellan, he's the full back for Tully Sarn. Do you see him just going man to man on Mernon? Or will they try to surround Mernon and cut off the supply coming into him? Uh, look, um, talking about stopping him and stopping him are probably two different things. Um, you have to firstly identify, yes, your, your best man at the back is somebody you can deal with him in a physical sense, um, in an anticipation sense, in terms of you know knowing how to play him. Do you play him from behind? Do you play him out in front? If you play him from behind, you know, you run the risk of, you know, letting him get that first attack onto the ball, um, which can be dangerous for you because you're you're giving him the advantage. If you play him from in front, then it's it's risky because if that, you know, high ball beats you, then he's in with no cover. So it is it is going to be difficult. They will I'm sure they'll go with a sweeper character up and to probably their detriment in the end were maybe a, a tad naive and that they didn't really give the full back line much cover. And even in, when you seen that Merlin drifted out a bit in the second half, it left oceans of space as well. Um, so I'm sure Tully Sarn look at that and say, let's, let's try and have ourselves here and let's get a wee bit of cover in there and, and give our full back line um, a wee bit of protection. The other thing then I would look at would be you know, you look, you look at, you know, Andrew as good a player as he is. He's he's highly dependent on on, on ball coming his way. St Paul's preference is to kick it, they, they, they kick the ball, you know, really a high percentage of the time. The last day against Crumlin, that's because every time they looked up, they seen that he was in in an advantageous position without a sweeper in, so they were encouraged to kick it and kick it, kick it. Pattern Osh is, is a great distributor of the ball from in round, sort of his own half back line in midfield and. You know, he, he has great weight on his kick and he, he plays that ball into, into dangerous, dangerous areas. And they're not balls that are genuinely kicked wide or in the corners. They're always a ball that's going to sit in around the penalty spot. And that's really what opposition, the opposition don't like seeing that. When they see Mern so close to goal and they see that good weight of delivery, that's what causes the panic. So, you know, Tully Sarn would need to be identifying some balls as best kickers and, and, and working off that you know, time at the end of creating that really high energy game out the field. Get as much as much pressure and kickers as possible because if they let the knees into it and get their four to five steps on the ball with a chance to you know eye up a good delivery, then then you know the damage can be done before the ball actually even reaches Merlin. 
Yeah, that's a good point, Peter. It's not. Um, I know we talk about burning so much when you're talking about St Paul's, um, but it's it's not like it's a one man team. You know, you mentioned the likes of Peter Nash at centre half back there. You have McCrory in the middle of the field. Um, Owen McConville obviously is a good addition, and you know the likes of Ryan Lawless who got the two goals the last day out. So, um, there's a couple of people that Tully Sarn's going to have to nail down, and likewise in the Tully Sarn team. There's a couple of ways that St Paul's are really going to have to target and you're thinking of the likes of Eddie Mallon, Galvin Conlon, Mark McKeever that done the high score in the, the last day out. And to score 217, I suppose to flip the question that I was asking about the Tully Sarn defence now on the St Paul's defence, do they have to really lock down and try to shut down any chance? You know, they, they conceded a high score against Kerr Kruppen. They got enough to get through that. They know the quality that Tully Sarn have on their forward line. They posted two seventeen against the top team in the league. So when Sapols will they really try to shut down their defence and not let Tully Sarn build up a score? Yeah, uh, look for Sapols. Like I think the best way that they can possibly go about this is by um, it's probably by playing with with more of a, a defensive based strategy in terms of. You know, getting players to cover space when they don't have the ball, get a quick retreat back, try and, and clog up those pockets um, in between the 50 and the 21 as quickly as they can, where Tully Sarn made great head the last day against source space of those wee dink passes um, inside that inside forward line. I think some Pauls are maybe they could go with something like playing with a deep line midfielder. Um, somebody that's just going to drop back in and, and, and cover off because if you let if you let you know Conlon and Eddie Mong um, get good early ball and then they can then distribute again early into McKeever uh, and Comiskey and say then it's potentially be a pretty long afternoon for some calls in that case. So you know I think I think they have to give credit and respect to Tony Sarns forwarding. They if they go man to man across. You know the, the four to five really dangerous forwards that Tully Sarn have. I think I think they could be in trouble. So uh, you know a lot of it, a lot of this game's outcome will depend on some Paul's setup and, and if they can get their matchups right and uh, matchups from their defenders to the Tully Sarn targets is, is going to be key because if they afford them the space that they afforded and uh, problem the last day, especially in the first half, then you know Tully Sarn will be there and they'll and they'll take the chances. Um, so I suppose Peter, the same as every game, um, we'll try to call this one. Um, I'm pretty much basing my prediction off the one game I've seen of Tully Sarn this year, and that's their unbelievable performance against Sarsfield. So I'm going to go with Tully Sarn to make it through to the final. Um, obviously, St Paul's, once you're in the semi-final, anything can happen, it's all to play for, but I just think Tully Sarn, their forwards are just too good. At that level, um, the likes of Mullen, Conlon, Mark McKeever is such an unbelievable talent. Comiskey up front as well. Um, I think they'll have too much for St Paul's. What do you think yourself, Peter? Yeah, I'm going to give an all to Tully Sarn on the basis that I think they have enough variety in their game. I really like their keeper. I love their kick-out options. I like the selflessness in their play and creating space for each other. Um, their support play, from what I've seen, has been excellent any time I've seen them. Um, and their gen- general all-round ferocity in their play, if they can get near those heights again, I do think they'll have too much energy for some Um I do think it'll be tight. I can't 
can't see, you know, they, they certainly won't run away with it this time, I don't think, like they did the last day, but overall I just think they've maybe got one too many options at the top end of the field, um, and if they can keep the fluidity in their game, especially on their restarts, um, and, and giving themselves a high percentage of possession, then I, I think they'll just about, yeah, they'll do enough. Um, so we'll move on to the next game, Peter, the... Sunday's game between Clan Gale and Kiri. Um and I suppose the first talking point is obviously the situation in Clan Gale at the minute, um, with the COVID testing taking place. And as we know this has happened um to a couple of clubs around Lurgan and it happened earlier in the season with Cleve and this is just something that clubs are gonna have to deal with now. And you know, the procedure is a few five members of one team that has been positive, tested positive, then you have to pull out, you have to stop all club activities for that team. But this isn't the case in Clannagale. Um, just reading their Facebook status from yesterday, they have three members of the senior men's squad tested positive for COVID-19 and two younger members um, of different teams. So they don't have to pull out. The game's going ahead. And I suppose that was just a worry at the start of the week, Peter, and the end of last week that this game was maybe in jeopardy. You know, was it going to go ahead? Was it going to be postponed? Would Katie get a bye into the final? And it was all up in the air. But the game's going ahead, Peter, and it's great to see. And as I said, this is just something that we're going to have to get used to and nearly every club's going to have to get used to. Yeah, Sean, it's, uh, it's welcome to 2020. This is the... This is the issues and the problems facing facing all teams and clubs. Um, you know, uh, you're probably thinking you're coming through a tough first round game. You have a good win in the quarter final, and you're looking forward to semi final. And then, you know, a couple of days later, you start to get the word building through that there's players that are that are coming down with with COVID nineteen, and it just throws total spanner in the works. And I'm sure it's 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 definitely had a, an adverse effect on how they've been able to prepare for a semi-final. Um, that said, it's, you know, look, it's happening all over the country and there's no club safe. So, you know, maybe maybe if they get through this weekend, you know, they'll, they'll be pleased in a way that they've come through, you know, more more adversely or whatever. Um, and they might have a clean run then for a final, you don't know. Um, I, I think I think they'll, they'll obviously been able to get some, some form of preparation in this week collectively um, and it'll be it'll be down now to what they can make out of those those couple of sessions together um, I'm sure they'll still be able to you know went through their analysis on their video work etc from the last game um, last week so it may just be a case of you know a couple of late sessions this week a bit of skill work and a few touch ups on things that maybe didn't go as well as they would have liked the last day the three members of the senior squad obviously that doesn't mean three players that could be a part of the management team that could be a stats man that could be anybody um, so you just from the outside you just don't know what the preparations would be like and you sort of touched on it there Peter um, that was sort of my next question what what would preparation be like is it something that you know is an excuse after the game if it doesn't go your way is it something that has maybe bonded the team that they're going to drive on and despite everything that has happened, go on and try to win this championship? Or how how is how's the heads in the Clan of Gale changing room um, this week going to be? I'd say again, Sean, they're a team that will be will be now be glad that there was a two week break between the quarter final and semi final. I think what worked in their favour was that seemed to come out 
pretty quickly after the quarterfinal game. So when the news broke, they still had the guts of two weeks ahead of them for preparing for a semi-final. So, you know, they got all their testing cleared up and all the correct you know, protocols were adhered to pretty quickly in the week. Then, you know, they probably had a fair idea coming into this weekend that things might be up and running again early this week. So it still gives them a week, basically, to, um, you know, to, to prepare and, and to get themselves set. They probably didn't miss out much last week, really, when you think about it. They, their game was on a Sunday night, so they had to spend the next couple of days recovering. And then it might have been the Friday evening. Uh, anyway, before they probably got any type of volume in any session. So they maybe only missed out on, on one or two sessions in the, in the, in the lead-up. Um, so, you know, I'm sure they probably were able to, you know, communicate a lot of information from their last game, from the winning over Tom Moore, you know, by, a, by a, I don't know, WhatsApp or, or whatever other formats may be, maybe Microsoft Teams or something. You just don't know, you know, different Zoom meetings or whatever. Um, I'm sure they I'm sure they had a, a top into something along those lines. So, like, if they were still able to look at it from an analytical point of view and, and tactically and strategically, then there's probably enough time this week to, to, to sort of iron out any any wee tweaks or may need to be done on the training field. Um, I, I don't think it'll it'll overall if they're getting out this week. I don't think overall it'll it'll pamper them too much. I suppose we'll get on to the game now, Peter. Um, I'm just looking at Katie. And it's just something, I think we touched on it um, on our review show after the quarterfinals. Coming into the championship, I suppose, Clans, Sarsfields and White Cross were maybe the, the names at everybody's lips. After the quarterfinal, obviously, Clans are still there. Tully Sarns, brilliant performance against Sarsfields. This Pauls and Kerr Kruppen game got a lot of attention. Arcady just coming into this game just under the radar, just motoring along well. They beat Middletown, they... Uh, hammered Ballyhagan which maybe they were expected to do once Ballyhagan's surprise package was gone Arcady just coming into this and they're in good form they're obviously in the last four are they just coming in under the radar and that'll obviously suit them yeah yeah I, I definitely think so I think um, you can't underestimate you know the very good factor from from winning games on like Katie and Middletown in the first round is uh, is a big game for both clubs and they won that, you know, pretty well in the end. Good second half performance. Uh, not conceding too much. And again the same the last day against Bolly Vegan, a good solid performance. Kept the door shut at the other end and they managed to put up a big score. And again, one of the things that we're looking at with Katie is there's there's like just seems to be a nice healthy spread of scores coming throughout the field. And, Listen, with their dual commitments, we know that they're not going to be found wanting in terms of, you know, you know, conditioning. They're not going to be found wanting in terms of grit or, you know, a willingness to compete. Um, they're certainly going to be no pushover here. Um, they're a team that you would probably you know, definitely class as being at the, at the higher end of 2B. They'll probably be right in the shape up to go up to 2A um, next year. And that's if they don't have you know, higher aspirations terms of actually going ahead and winning this championship. Uh, I wouldn't be of the of the opinion that they're here to make up the numbers this weekend. I think I think this is going to be a proper proper contest. And obviously we have spoke about their dual commitments, Peter, and 
Um, their hurling team was beat last Sunday by Middletown, so they're now out of the hurling championship. But sort of looking through their team and the starting team that started against Middletown, they maybe don't have as many dual players as I thought. Obviously, they have more on both squads. But in terms of starting team, um, you know Dylan McKenna only come on. He would he would feature on both teams. Um, you have obviously the Carvins, um, Owen Fullerton, but it's maybe not that big of an issue as we maybe thought. But um, I suppose the flip side, Peter, of um, Katie's two championship games is are they coming in undercooked? They've we've said we've seen off Middletown after a good second half, hammered Ballyhagan. They haven't met. They haven't met a big um, Division Two A team yet. Is that going to go against them, or are they just coming in? They're they're in a habit of winning, and they'll be confident that they can match anybody in this championship. Look, it's again, Sean. It's you know, you're sitting down for a team that's comes with football. Control what you can control. Control everything. You know, in the in the groups and environments, you can't control who you're going to football there. The hot against you know, and like. All you can look at it from Katie's perspective is, is whoever's come out of the hub so far has faced them up and they've beat them and they've beat them well. You know, and um, I would say for a, for a team there in Katie's position, they probably haven't, you know, went as well in the championship, you know, over in the intermediate um, last year as they probably, you know, thought they could have went. So, you know, the recent experience of winning the championship and winning the junior in 2018, and, you know, yeah, players don't tend to just lose those habits. They don't tend to just, you know, um, forget how to win. So, Katie in 2018 won um, the Junior League and they won the Junior Championship. So, the players have experience winning. They finished second in 2B last year to a really good um, Tully Sarn team. So, if you look at it over this past three seasons, Katie, Katie hasn't been too up. You know, they've won. They've done a lot of winning. And, you know, I would, I would have seen popular wins in the championship so far just as a continuation on that. And, that, you know, they, they're groups that are very comfortable in themselves. They're a good system. They're a good fluid team. And, you know, I, I think for anybody that hasn't seen, maybe Moshikiri may be, may be pleasantly surprised this weekend. You know, they, they'll give as good as they get, believe me. I suppose, Clan McGill, um, a point you've sort of made on the podcast before, Peter, is that they haven't blown anybody away. Obviously, they had a big win against Clonmore, but Clonmore gave them their fill of it for the last 15 minutes of the first half. Um, but there was obviously a big quality difference there. But Clans haven't been overly impressive. Um, sort of limp past uh, Shane O'Neill's. Um, started well against Clonmore, let them back in it, and then the two goals in the second half obviously killed the game. Um, you've been sort of saying that they don't want to be coming in, you know, all guns blazing, big favourites to win the championship. They'll be happy coming in. They're obviously not under the radar as Katie are, but coming in, not not been overly impressive, but they're still there. Yeah, luckily, I suppose I can't get a, a big villain. Every time they're out, because traditionally they're seen as a club that, you know, should be, should be challenging much higher than what they currently are. Um, but as I alluded to before, I think um, I think they've really got their structures together this last number of years. And you know, you look through their squad and that, um, they definitely carry enough quality to be playing at Division One level and senior football levels. So a breakthrough, you know, from intermediate level, I would say it's imminent. Whether it's from a championship winning position or from going up by the leagues, um, 
look, I'm not too sure. There's still a few things I would I would have hanging over my head about them in, in terms of doubts. Um, uh, I don't know still how they react in terms of you know uh, you know can you test their discipline? Probably. Um, do they really want to get embroiled in, in tough physical battles? It's still it's still a bit unknown. Um, on their kickouts, uh, you know teams that really go for them on kickouts and on press high I think that can I think that can trouble them so uh, like a lot of it's going to come down to what Katie can do the table you know if, if, if Katie you know have a wee look at them tactically and, and you know have a wee bit of homework done and see areas that they can really put them under pressure and um, is there areas in their game is there is there areas in their in their makeup you know in terms of individuals etc that you know they can identify weaknesses you know, and really get off them. The one thing you don't want to do against the fans is, is stab off them and, you know, and give them too much respect because if you do that, then they're very capable. They're very capable of going and hurting you. So, like, a lot of this weekend is going to come down to Katie's attitude and, and really what they want to get out of the game. And is it maybe fair to suggest that um, the Clonagale defence could be got at, um, Peter? I'm looking at the Katie forward line and thinking of, you know, Connor Hughes has been great this year, Ryan Donnelly. Um, Sean McCabe and Fullerton cause trouble whenever they play um, Connor Carvin breaking out of defence coming forward is good Dean Nugent's a link man on the 40 is, all, is the clan's defence going to be you know they have to sort out their matchups obviously but can they go toe to toe with say three or four quality forwards is is there an issue maybe that clan's defence can be got at look any, any defence can be got at Sean you know the end of the day, you know, we're not dealing with robots, we're dealing with, with humans and you know, any, any human being can have a bad day or an off day or, or a really good day. Um, like just in my experience, um Clonic Yale defenders held them held themselves very well last year, um against ourselves like, and we would like to think that we carry, you know, a really a really good spread of forwards and, and on that particular night, you know, Clans defenders were excellent. Um, so you know they're, they're capable of, of, of putting in a really really good shift. Uh, if I was Katie, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be just you know going over the top and saying you know we're definitely going to get joy there. I, I, I don't think that's the case. Um, I think any forward line can do well on a night whenever they work hard for each other, when they work to create space, when they're they're willing to you know present themselves to 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 win ball and not always favourable ball. When they take shots on when, from from scoreable positions, when they're patient, when they work the ball, and when they're not rushed, so there's a lot of things there that, that sort of need to come into play for a forward line to function. I don't think it's just a case now of you know, well they're not particularly good at the back or, or we're really good going forward. Each game takes on a life of its own, and you know it's a championship semi-final, and you know everybody's going to be going pretty hell for ladder. And I'd say like. Knowing the fans and the pretty good management team there as well, like they'll they'll probably not go out with just a man on man gun ho approach. I'm sure they'll have different systems in place for different scenarios within the game. And obviously, flip the question, Peter. Um, Clannock Gale have such a good forward line. Stephen Campbell, he's a bit like Andrew Mernon with some Pauls. Once you talk about the clans, you've got to talk about Campbell. But he's good help. He's like a Shane McParland, James French. Um, Niall Henderson, Michael Tolan was good the last day out playing full forward. Um, and Ronan Austin, he has went in and started full forward. Um, the last two days. So, how how did Katie deal with their attack? Obviously, if Austin's on the edge of the square, the balls were going to be pumped in high. 
um, Campbell and McParland, they're both deadly forwards, but they don't always play in the forward line. They can drift out to midfield and try to link the play. Well, how, do, how do you see the matchups going this weekend, or how do you see Katie dealing with the Clannagio attack? So I suppose call it Peter, who do you see getting through it? we've summed that up Peter is basically how I would have put it um, I think Katie have come in under the radar they're a good side they can certainly cause trouble for the clans but when you come to the last 10 or 15 minutes I think Clannagale just have too many game winners they're 
targeting the, the winning this intermediate championship. Um, I'll go back to our club focus that we did with Clannagail and Supi Campbell um, during the lockdown. And he sort of said that Grange done them a favour last year by winning the championship because they don't want to go up to senior level by league stands. They want to go in, they want to win the intermediate championship and get up to senior that way. I'm not sure Katie would have been setting out at the start of the year to go and win this intermediate championship. I think they'll be happy with their progress, obviously. Um, they'll be targeting league promotion, maybe. But clans, their be all and end all this year is to get the senior championship by winning the intermediate championship. So um, this is obviously going to be a big game for them. And when you look across their team, the likes of Austin, French, Campbell, McParland, I think they have too many game winners. And they'll just get over the line by a couple of points. But um, certainly will not be surprised if Katie can pull off a shot. And it, it wouldn't be a big surprise if Katie could get through this one. But thanks for joining us, Peter. Um, it's great to get hearing your thoughts once again. And we'll hopefully get talking to you next week then um, when we know the final pairing. Absolutely, Sean. Good as always. Thank you. Slips inside.